1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this gorgeously chilly Saturday. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We are so glad that you are here. We've had some pretty great discussions about wings, about cottage cheese. We've got great stuff. We've just got great stuff for a Saturday. Yes. Yes. We are going to get to a point, just letting you know, we do have a Facebook question about some of your favorite cooking gadgets. We are going to get to that. But first, we're going to talk about that it's the time for Top 2 in Hour 2. Giving
0: presents top two top two
2: the top two pick your best two in our two all right give me two with winning. all right
1: this is the part of the show where we talk about two things that we are mildly obsessed with this week um or things that we love so you want to go first i do tell us about
0: your dinner um okay um went to ps steak yep. after having mike to camp on last week oh boy did i love it so much I like the I loved the way that they redesigned the room. I love when you walk in that the bar at the 510 Groveland area is still this cozy, wonderful, delicious bar, roaring fire. And then I love how you turn the corner and there's a whole nother bar that's new that's kind of smoky and clubby and dark and fun. And all these people in booths, like, really, like, having a wee of a time. And then the next room is, like, a little, it's still clubby, but it's a little more, like, fine dining-ish. Yep. I loved the food. I mean, the cuts of meat were really great. I had the linguine and clams, which had a chili oil, which was really good. I liked the sides, a smoked kale, um, three different types of potatoes that were interesting, I just liked the service. I just think that place is really exactly what I wanted it to be. The price points were, you know, steakhouse for the meats, but I thought there was reasonable prices for some of the stuff. I felt like I wanted to eat there. A lot. Yeah. Like, I want to go there a lot. Like, I could see eating there once a week. Yeah. Like, there's just great stuff on the menu. It's accessible. It's not too fussy. It's not too highbrow. But yet, if you wanted to dig in a little bit more, you could. Do you feel like it was too expensive? No, I did not. Okay. I have an expectation that steakhouses are real expensive. Mm -hmm. I thought for this town, it was exactly spot on. Maybe even a little less than I expected on some things. Wow. We had a $48 filet, which is eight ounces. My friend and I split that. And then we got a couple sides. I mean, that's four ounces of really delicious meat. It was great. Yeah, They have like a, they call it the Denver chop. That would easily feed three people. The ribeye, I think, could be three or four people. You know, if you're not looking at like this giant meat course, but you're looking at really delicious meat and then having some sides too. Yeah. I just loved it.
1: I feel like that's the way that I think a lot of people are moving to steak you know, eating like as a meat is the like, side almost. Well, yeah, meat is a part of the meal, but it doesn't have to be, you know, in the old days, you know, we'd go to Manny's and it would be like I would get the ribeye and then there'd be like I'd get two bites of the sides because I was just eating my
0: ribeye, you know? Yeah. Kurt and I would go and split a ribeye. They have prime rib on the menu, which a lot of people don't have. I thought the price point on that was really good. Hmm. Yeah, I, I it was everything I wanted it to be. I left there with just a full heart good because i have really strong feelings about that place yes you do and it just was really great yes that's good yeah i love it oh Um, garrison keeler was there that was pretty cool yeah people have feelings about that i know it's weird i still i have feelings about him too but (laughs) i was there at the bar and i
1: i wonder how it's all gonna go for him you know i mean like in terms of people having feelings about him yeah i don't know Um, okay. My first one is actually something I want you to get at the tea house when you go, because what I want you to know is that you are going to want to get dumplings. And because maybe you are a food person, you think the soup dumplings are the way to go because everybody talks about soup dumplings. They're great there. They are great there. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say pass over those. (gasps) And I know go for the Shanghai pork buns. And the Shanghai pork buns are little wheat buns with ground pork filling in the middle, but they're crispy on the bottom. The deal with the soup buns is that they're kind of
0: gummy. And I don't like that. See? I like soup buns. They're, they, have, they have the best soup buns yeah. of soup buns. Yeah. But the whole idea of because a soup they're steamed, on, yeah. I like a, like more of a pot sticker. Yeah, like this a one, edge. this
1: one is just. I mean, like, and it's like a little. It's a. It's a pretty big little. It's like a handful of dumpling, but it's got a crispy bottom. I'm like that, yes, and it is just. God, they're so good, and they come with a beautiful little hoisin sauce. But the pork is beautifully done inside. I basically don't know how I'm not going to go and just get some like every time I leave the show for now. lunch. Yeah. What
0: were what were they called?
1: those are called the Shanghai pork buns okay so you're looking for the Shanghai pork buns when you go and there's four in an order and they're nine dollars and I Yum. swear to God you could that could be your lunch because okay, they're so delicious. delicious yep so there's also P.S. they also have something called a lazy dragon which is a great steamed uh, that is a steamed bun but it's got seasoned pork and it's kind of like it's a long wheat wrap and then it kind of curls out like a sleeping dragon that's why they call it the lazy dragon cute that's kind of a nice one I like that one too
0: Okay, All right. What's your second one? S- my second one is the North End Free Pantry. Oh, this is a woman. Her name is Jamie Hendricks, and you know how you see people that have the little libraries in their front yards. Mm-hmm. She lives in North, and she decided that, wow, uh, what I really think my neighborhood needs is they need food. So she's running a pantry out of a front yard wooden plan what's where do we find us uh there is a um i'll put a up on the facebook page it is on the grid there there's a couple of links to it her name is jamie hendricks and she has this food pantry in her front yard and she stocks it and she accepts donations from people in the neighborhood and anyone can come by and grab food out of the food pantry she also has like shampoo and toothpaste and that kind of thing in there so instead of doing like the little free libraries, she's doing a free food pantry in her front yard. Wow. People come by, people put food in there. It's been a little more challenging in the super cold weather because she's got to be careful about things bursting and glass yeah. and all that. But um I just, you know, I thought, wow, this is something that anybody could do. Yeah. Anybody could do if you're concerned about people having food in your neighborhood, and it is a concern for lots of people, this is something you could do. I love the book pantry or the book idea. That's great. But I think a food pantry is also equally interesting.
1: I, I like that, too. I, you're right. I would get a little bit scared about things spoiling. So you have to be sure the things you're putting in there are not, yep. you know, are food safe um, because you don't want to make someone sick. There's but. a lady
0: in the neighborhood that goes there with her kids. She said, we go there once a week mm. and we get, you know, some canned goods Wow. to round out what I have. Yeah. And I thought, wow. And think about that. Oh, like, so many cans. And the people you'd meet yeah right so like if someone was coming into your yard every week to help themselves at your free pantry like maybe you'd strike up a relationship with that person and learn more about like what their struggle is or if there's other ways to help them yeah like it's a real community grassroots thing that just i love this idea and um it's the north end free pantry
1: north end free pantry i couldn't find it online um uh, also, just to be let you guys know, if you do know someone who you know, despite the government shutdown and everything else, there are other people who are still struggling. There was, you know, there's layoffs all the time, and people are, you know, constantly kind of trying to figure out how they're going to make the the world work for them and their families. Just so you know, Loaves and Fishes is a uh, wonderful organization in our community that feeds people and they have dinners all over the Metro in the suburbs, you guys even. And which is important because people tend to think that there's no food insecurity in the suburbs for some reason. And there really is. And they have free dinners all over the place and you just show up. You don't have to apply. You don't have to, you know, prove that you're have hardship. You don't need anything other than yourself to go and have a dinner. And maybe sometimes you just need to be among people and eat some warm food. So know that loaves and fishes is where you should go for that
0: yes All Okay. Right. Did we get oh you have one more Steph. i have one
1: more i have uh my last one is actually the bar at umami pop-up so this week i actually hung out i was actually at a meeting at birch steak which is funny um <laughs> and had some really great pizza p.s forgot how birch great steak that too. pizza is downstairs yep. um and then we popped over next door to the space that of course was brad street and rye deli remember which is now of being taken over by the Travail Kids and it is, they're doing their umami pop-up right now. You, It is a ticketed dinner, but you can sit at the bar and order from an entire menu of food and not have to worry about tickets or anything. And I got basically one of the best burger bites I've had in a long time. Nice. And they had this umami burger and it was just this really good beefy cheesy thing with like peppers and Szechuan and there's like all these good flavors. I also got ramen and I also got buns, <laughs> so I ate a whole bunch of stuff. But just letting you guys know, if you're looking for something fresh and you're, it's just like a spur of the moment thing, you can pop into that bar and go get a bunch of drinks and eat a bunch of food. And where is it again? It's in, it's next to Lowry Hill Meats. Yep. And it's the old and between Lowry Hill, the liquors, old Araga. Yeah, the old Araga. Okay. So there it is. And it used to be last. It, it was uh, Brad Street.
0: Brad Street Craft. House, before yep. I left.
1: So there you go. That's what we got, you guys. That's our top two in our two. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with a lovely baker. and We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish.
2: You're a maker. You're a hero.
0: It's time for the maker's moment. A visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius. Make it For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are making it with makers. We have Molly Miller here today. She is the founder of Sift Gluten-Free Bakery. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this is the time where a lot of people are... So their whole gluten-free thing, let's just break it down. Mm -hmm. There are people that don't eat gluten because they have intolerances. There are people that don't eat gluten because they have allergies. And there are people that don't eat gluten just because they feel like maybe it's not super healthy and gives them gas or whatever. Um,
2: (laughs) I know. That just kind of came
0: out. So... Molly, your gluten free bakery, how did you get into the idea of feeling like we needed gluten free? Because I feel like you were one of the kind of beginning mm-hmm. bakeries.
2: Yep. Well, I have Crohn's disease. So celiac disease is when you cannot eat gluten because it's an it's an allergy. Like it it does it eats away at your digestive system and your body has an autoimmune reaction. So I do not have that, but I have Crohn's disease, which is also a digestive disorder and going gluten-free tremendously helped me with my symptoms of Crohn's disease. Um So I just, once I went gluten-free, I looked around and I loved baking and no one was really, you know, you could get certain things at the co-ops or Whole Foods, but nothing reminded me of like what I grew up with. The, Remember the that when yeah. you had to
0: like go to the co-op to get anything <laughs> that was like Out of the just basic norm. Right. Hippie
2: food. Uh (laughs) You know, yeah. So yeah, so I just started experimenting and mixing my own flowers together to try and find the right balance. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. And I started selling at the Kingfield and Fulton Farmers Markets in 2013. And that led to growing the wholesale business. Our first clients were Peace Coffee and Two Dunn Brothers in South Minneapolis. And it was just like a waterfall from there with other coffee shops being in touch. And Yeah, because there yeah. weren't
0: a lot of gluten-free options in coffee shops when you went to like pick right. up a quick snack while you were getting a cup of right coffee. it was
2: kind of like the sad dried out option in the corner yes. and you don't know when it was packaged and where it was from and yeah so to have like a freshly made local treat is was important to me and I I didn't even realize how many people it was important for so yeah, how did you get funding to start a bakery I just did it all out of my own pocket.
0: You totally self-funded. That's great. So
2: I was working full time. Um, I was in advertising and book publishing over the years. And um, yeah, I just did it on the side. It was. um, charge it on your credit card? Yeah, actually I did. I did (laughs) charge it on my credit card. And every every farmer's market, I remember I would, you know, make so much money and I would put as much as I could on that credit card. And by the end of that first farmer's market season, I had it paid off. Oh, good for you. But it was every year, you know, as I grew the wholesale business or started, you know, when I opened the, the storefront, that was a whole different bank, bank funding help. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> different. But um, yeah, when I did it on my own, it was just, you know, constant making sure I was just putting money to pay it off and... How early do you
0: have to get up to run a bakery?
2: (laughs) We were just talking about this. Yes. um, I would say the way we run things at SIFT, the openers just have to be there about an hour to half hour before we open. We actually do a lot of baking late the night before because one of the things I've noticed about gluten-free is that if you take a fresh cookie or a muffin right out of the oven and eat it, it can be very crumbly. um, The flavors haven't developed yet. And so I think things benefit from sitting a little bit, at least an hour or two. Um, especially for the crumbly factor. Right. Um, and then the flavors, too, are just more pronounced and interesting because you have, you're have you using all these different flowers. Like our standard mix is brown rice, sweet rice, millet, sorghum, and tapioca flowers. And so it's a lot more interesting than just using your standard white flour mix. You know, there's a lot more flavors to be developed there. And things react
0: differently, too. Like you've got a really delicious gluten-free brownie, but mm-hmm. is that as easy to make or as difficult to make as like a donut?
2: Yeah, I would say it's when it comes to like arising things, you know, it's it's the baking powder and the yeast and things like that that are going to help. Um, the gluten, I feel like, it does more with the structure. Um, like if you see those beautiful croissants and things, like that's that's when gluten I think is really helpful. You get this nice airy. Are there things structure. you don't make
0: because they just don't translate?
2: Um, we haven't experimented yet with croissants and like laminated dough. Um, it's not that they don't translate. I just think they take a lot more help mm-hmm. <laughs> and i and from a time perspective i'm just like i don't know if it's worth it yet for us to you know we might experiment with it but when it comes to making enough to sell and is it worth the price point and right. things like that we yeah. haven't kind of balancing figured out, out that. the
1: business yes time
2: and and product and then yeah what are people to, you know wanting that's huge yeah. yeah and that's one of the biggest learning things for me and a challenge is how do we make this you know feasible for us at from a business perspective, but also give the people what they want. So we're talking yeah. to
0: Molly Miller from SIF gluten-free bakery. It's at forty five fifty seven Bloomington Avenue. Steph was asking about if focaccia is having a comeback moment. I might be having
1: <laughs> my own personal focaccia comeback moment. That's why I saw the stuff you brought and I was like, Oh yeah, but yes. I've heard you brought
2: some focaccia yeah. dough in here. What do you think? I did. I love it. I mean, we sell out of it almost every day. Ours is gluten-free and vegan. Um, and it's, I do think it's a very versatile bread. Um, you can use it for sandwiches, breadsticks, pizza. You know, it's great with soups and stews and. Um, yeah, I do, and I think ours just has a great crumb and holds up. So I don't know if it's just gluten free ours that's doing it, but if yeah. you've noticed it too in other ways, I did. Yeah. I've been
1: seeing it popping up in places that I haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, they're putting up focaccia now, and I see it on some menus. I seriously think it's because of salt, fat, heat, and acid, mm-hmm. because Samin makes it. You know, she goes through in, in the Italy episode and makes it, and I'm like staring at it, going, oh god, I want to make some focaccia now. <laughs>
0: and remember, oh. like, when did focaccia first have its moment? Was it like in like it's 80s? The 80s. Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, we all 80, had that 80, med 89.
1: diet time where we were all like olive oil and, and you know well, sun-dried what tomatoes. pesto. What was pesto? Yeah, sun-dried tomatoes. I had yeah, I to yeah. italicized pesto at some point, you yes. know, when writing about it because it was so strange. Yeah. And then Fakasha kind of came in, and then of course, then we went into the, you know, the carb fear, you right. know, phase, and so that went away. But now I think because people are sort of identifying bread as not necessarily bad you know just as part of a healthier diet Mm -hmm. and then also the the gluten aspect of it kind of brought in another edge to it but that really understanding it Think people are understanding it
2: more i think so too bread in in a whole yeah. space well and let's be honest in this weather you want to eat bread you want bread <laughs> there <laughs> is pasta. something
0: weird about like your body telling you things it needs and when it is super cold mm-hmm.
1: it's not weird it's totally normal yeah <laughs> like i just want to mainline
0: carbohydrates right, that's yeah. why i had the cottage cheese noodles last do you remember night, our potato
1: discussion about it's potato season because your body yes. is telling you you want to start eating potatoes because you're bulking up i love that yeah. about you it's potato because season. you know
0: that it's potato season and yeah. when i'm like oh i like can do is eat you're like because Because it's your body is
1: saying guess what's coming
0: yeah and you need to you need to bulk up
2: Um, what is the number one seller in Sift Bakery I would say our donuts are our top seller daily Um, the cinnamon spice donut is my personal favorite for a while I had one a day Because a donut a day keeps the doctor away. Totally. Um, cinnamon rolls are also a huge seller. Um, right now, we're kind of bringing in some more citrus flavors. We have our Citrus Dream Bar, which is kind of like our take on a lemon bar. Uh-huh. Um, has some orange in there. And then we also have a little grapefruit pound cake mini loaf. Yum. Um, and those just are great after the holidays. They kind of taste a little bit lighter and brighter. So. All yeah. right.
0: Uh, what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur in the Twin Cities? Like, is there something you just really struggle with?
2: Um. I would say struggle, but I think the biggest I've, I find that, I you know, I started this bakery to bake mm-hmm. and I actually am really enjoying the business side of things, which I think is probably a good thing. Yeah,
0: um, you're lucky because a lot of people struggle with their like one or the mm-hmm. other. Right,
2: right. And so I it's a, it's a balance to kind of keep my hands in things and keep baking, but also take the time to focus on the business aspect. Um, I think keeping employees is hard. Yeah. You know, that's always difficult, especially because we just have such a great team. So when someone leaves, it's it's like, no, you know, we, yeah. wanna, we you want to keep Yeah, and you want them to develop, but you were right. sad
0: as like as a friend or as you want them to have growth and personal movement. Exactly. But then you're like, oh, darn it.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's like we were talking before about making things worthwhile as far as. The baking and um, is it is it worth our effort and the price to sell these things and make them, you know, it's always it's, it's kind of that it's like the killing your babies. Isn't that the term? It's like, yeah, no, I want to make that, but it's not a big seller or it we just kinda, make logical sense. You know, We saw this with Moochies deciding to stop doing oh, donuts. donuts because yeah. of a lifestyle
0: choice that they were just killing themselves, closing mm-hmm. the restaurant and then waking up and doing donuts in the morning. Yeah, uh, you have to make a lot of choices. Well, Molly, people can find your baked goods at uh, coffee shops all over town as well yep. as your own bakery. Mm-hmm. Again, it's Sift Gluten-Free Bakery. It's at 4557 Bloomington Avenue in Minneapolis. And it's Molly Miller. Thanks for being here today. Thanks and for having me. And pick up some Sift Gluten-Free Treats. We'll treats. be right back. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. <laughs> Someone just tweeted, I like cottage cheese in my eggs. <laughs> wow. Well done, you. That was it? Yeah, but it's a good tweet. It's a good tweet. I like it. I'm still, oh, that I had a lot of sift gluten-free baked goods during the break there, and I like pounded them down like I haven't eaten in three days. God, right? (laughs) That was fast. Oh, Um, hey, we're going to talk a little bit about some kitchen tools and gadgets and stuff. So because Hanson did a little segment on the Jason show recently, I did. Jace was out sick. And so they were kind of scrambling things together. And I had seen this article in fine cooking and I wanted to talk about it. There was the 25 gadget tools you couldn't live without in your kitchen. Yeah. And some of them, I just was like, oh, please. Do you have a steamer basket? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Do you have a kitchen scale? No. Me neither. I don't measure stuff. Do you? I don't either. Do you have a mandolin? Um, yes. Okay. Would you say that that's something you can't live without? No. Okay. You could live without it. I could live with it because I can cut very thinly. Yeah. What I about a, my, yeah mortar and pestle? <sighs> Um, I could live without that. <laughs> that yeah. was like the heaviest side. I know. In the I was world, like trying but... to decide,
1: like how often do I use it? I really don't. I really love it when I have it, but I don't use it that often. I also, could uh, I could affect that with other
0: things? So no.
1: I mean, it, yes, I can live without
0: it. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting, like what they had, like a roasting pan. Was could you live without that? No. See, I could if I have my Dutch oven, my La Crusade. Well,
1: okay, but see, then we're getting into that weird thing of like that's just six of one half dozen of another. Isn't it really like a roasting pan in a Dutch oven? Like you have to have one of the, of those two. So right. that would count or
0: salad spinner.
1: Do you really? Like- no, I would the salad spinner. See, that's the difference to me is like something there is a, a is like a cooking uh, staple versus a thing that's got one use. Like I what have, else are you
0: going to use the salad spinner for? I don't know. I have a salad spinner and here's what I will tell you when you use it. <clears throat> and this is going to be helpful for me. Cause I got to take it up North when you're a gardener. And you're getting fresh greens out of your garden and they have dirt and stuff on them, the salad spinner's great. But when you're buying like packaged clam or packaged lettuce or even like lettuce from the store, you're not really like salad spinning it. You know what I mean?
1: I've never had a salad spinner, never used a salad spinner in I my entire one, life.
0: And I've used it. What is the point like of gardening. it? To, what does it do? It, it cleans your lettuce. So it takes like the dirt and the grit off of your lettuce. How leaves. does it do that? You put it in like this, um, the inner holding is like a colander, and then you put water in it, and then you pull this string, and it quickly spins it inside there, so it takes the dirt and the water and flakes it off.
1: So there's, so you could you could do what I do, which is put the, sal- the things under the faucet yourself, That's and then right. blot them dry and be fine. That's right. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if there was like some technology to that. that was pulling a string and it
0: whirling around. I remember (laughs) salad spinner, like the old uh, commercials, but I never knew what it did. Um, I too, like, someone was like, oh, your Instant Pot isn't... I I mean, this was like a quick segment and I couldn't carry the Instant Pot. That's why it wasn't in the segment, if people are wondering, because I had too much to carry. But, like, I could live without my Instant Pot. It's made things better, easier, more fun, and I would encourage anyone to buy one if you cook at least twice a week, but you know, I could live without that. I have a slow cooker. I could cook anything in my oven in the same respect or on the stove. Yeah. What is your, like, here's, okay, here's a gadget that I use all the time. A bench scraper. If you, like, bake, you know how when you bake, like, you're going to roll out pizza on your counter, right? Yeah. And there's flour on there. Mm -hmm. And then you take your wet sponge and you go to clean up the flour and it instantly, like, gums up the sponge and makes it so gross you have to throw it away. Yeah. The bench scraper, like, you scrape the flour and it really, like, gets it all in a pile and then you scrape it into your trash can and then you wipe down your counter so you're not, like, totally ruining your, your squeegees. Yeah. So that's a... And I use that tool when I cut onions and stuff as like a way to funnel it into the dish. That's a
1: good idea. So I, it's, I, yeah, it's also it's like a, and it's a good pasta. Cu- it's like a pasta cutter, yes. like a dough cutter. Yes. You can kind of you get, can cut brownies with it. Yeah. Like it's
0: weirdly useful.
1: Yeah. No, I have one. And you can also clean up the cracks in your counters. Completely. Like when your stove meets your counter and there's so many crumbs in there. I take my bench scraper and I just. Oh,
0: because, you know, I do that with a knife, but then I dull the knife. Right. So you're right. A this bench is, scraper is yeah, a bench better use for it. that. Totally. Um, also microplane zester. I use that for everything. I don't even really use a cheese grater anymore. Um nutmeg, yeah. lemon. I use it yeah. to grate garlic. I don't have a press, yeah, no. I just grate it.
1: No, I would never I only chop garlic, but I don't um but I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of my two graters. One is a microplane, I guess. And the other I mean my two little handheld ones. Yeah. One is I use specifically just for um like really because it's super sharp so it, it makes a beautifully fine one and the yep. other one is a little rougher
0: yeah just the microplane grater yeah. I love that and I always like cut my finger when I'm grating do you yeah because I'm not very
1: but then I do potatoes like sometimes I grate potatoes and if you're doing that I need the box one like the big old-fashioned box one
0: I would use my Cuisinart for that
1: oh do you yeah have a Cuisinart no. I have a Cuisinart but I don't but for the grating of it all it's uh yeah, I just use it that way. If you, you had- know, like the whole thing where you're supposed to like grate it le- while it's laying down, and then you just dump it in like it's a carrier, like it's oh. almost like a scoop. Like you, they're not supposed to be your box graters are not supposed to be be stood there and then grate like this. You're supposed to lay it down and use it like as it's laying on its. That side. That is a life changing. It, it's, it's a hack. And then all the stuff lands in the middle, and then you just take it, and you pick it up, and you dump it in your bowl. So you don't have to, like, the awkwardness of having it be tall and standing there. What? I know. Just happened. I realized that people didn't know this. I had no. And I also realized I thought I was just being lazy. Idea. <laughs> because I I'd always put my grater lay down. That is fantastic. I know.
0: It's no more idea. solid.
1: You don't have to try to balance it in a bowl. Yes. It's you're brilliant. not cutting your fingernails. Yes, maybe that's why I'm grating
0: my nails yeah. into my cheese. Yeah, <laughs> So there. Wow. That that's is why they're hollow, one.
1: So they can just be.
0: Um, what about it? Okay. So I got my Cuisinart when I got married. It was a wedding gift. I'm just like, they're not cheap, but if there are people that are close to you, it is the best wedding gift I got. What I is love it? that. My Cuisinart. Oh, like, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know what's funny? I so love it.
1: don't use mine as much as I should. And then when I do use it, I'm like, God, that
0: was so easy. It is amazing. Ah,
1: why don't, why am I? Because I will do, like, if I'm going to do mise en place for, like, a soup yes. or something, and I do, like, you know, or the mirepoix, which is, you know, celery... Uh, carrots and onions and if i do that i usually tend to chop them myself unless i'm doing the bolo which i just throw all and then i'm like why am i not doing that all the time well and
0: here's a hack too if you're making mise en place doing it in the cuisinart and then with uh putting a cup of it freezing it by cup because huh. you use it for everything yeah but, you know, that requires you to have the freezer that has 52,000. Yeah, I would just rather make it, it fresh <laughs> when I need it. I just made chimichurri cubes. I made lingonberry drink cubes because I had lingonberries left over from the holidays. I yeah. said, like, what am I going to do with these? Oh, I'm going to put them in gin and tonics in the summer.
1: Yeah. I don't have that freezer situation <laughs> like you do.
0: Yeah. It's and good. I, it was, it's that good. was a pretty life changing event. Scan pan.
1: Yeah. I don't have it, but I, I, I I don't need it, but do you, I mean, what do you
0: use for a nonstick pan? Do you use a your cast non-stick iron? Nonstick pan, a nonstick pan. <laughs> I don't know, but I, is it? Like, I have a nonstick pan, <laughs> but the old like nonstick pans were like the Teflon coated pans. Uh, mine is a commercial grade; it came
1: from a restaurant, so I don't really know what it is, mm-hmm. but it's uh nonstick. It's fine.
0: A scan pan, if you are worried about that, is yeah. I am not worried equivalent. about those.
1: I know for the amount of like things that I'm not worried about them.
0: For the amount of toxins that you're exposed to every day. that Pretty much. Right. Do you use an immersion blender?
1: Yes, all the time.
0: Yeah, I use mine a lot too. I don't
1: ever. The people who make your soups and like pour it into your blender. I'm like, are you insane? Because it always explodes. You're going to take a giant hot
0: pan and tip it in. I go, no. (laughs) All you need to do is you take your immersion blender and you jam it around. And I mean, have you had the, I have a Vitamix and I've had the explosion. I, yeah, no, I don't have one and I don't. Yeah, but I
1: mean, I don't, I don't ever want to tip a hot. And plus, no. I have a glass blender, so it's like if for some reason that it's too cold and that's too hot, or there could crack and. No. That's
0: right. That's no right. thanks. Uh, what is your like mason jars? To me, too, are a total gadget I could not live without. Yes, you have a mason jar thing. I don't. I'm a jar. I'm I a don't jorder, care about those jar hoarder. You are a jar hoarder. Um, did you know like you can just put milk in there and shake it and yeah. like that's your like quick yes. latte.
1: Or you can shake it really hard and make butter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, if you have a child yes. that will do the shaking yes, for you. Yes, for your Thanksgiving. my arm would be so sore right. by that time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. But what I love is, I, by the way, you guys, some of your pictures on the Facebook uh, comment say, section about what are some of the inexpensive and beautiful gadgets that you love
0: are just Awesome. The 1970s potato masher. I have that exact potato masher at the cabin that oh we got. God. It's so cute.
1: I love this corn zipper because I remember and this is yes. like this is a $10 thing from Amazon and it's got a cute little face on it. The corn zipper I have, which I use all the time when the kids had braces because it's like we still want to eat the corn, but you can't have it on the cob. Mm-hmm. So we would zip every all the corn and especially if you're making like a lote dip or things like that. I don't have
0: one of those and I think I would use it a lot.
1: I actually use it because using you can use a knife. I do use a knife, but but I mean, it's awkward. God, it is so easy to do the corn zipper. I'm going to get one of those. You should
0: this summer. Because I make corn skillets all the time. I don't really like corn on the cob. I don't like dealing with the messy on my hands and my face. Yes. So I make it with lime and ginger and garlic and just a crap load of butter. Yes. And they're zipped. How about the citrus
1: reamer, like, the for the juicing, so you don't have to have, like, a whole bot juicer machine? You just kind of take
0: the twist thing? You know, I just use my tongs. Do you really? Yeah, I do you it just with go, my <coughs> tongs in there, squish it around over my hand so I can catch the seeds, and yeah. then I just let the juice. But it's, That's you know, using idea. your hands. Yeah. Some people aren't so cool about that. Um... That's kind of cool. I like juicers. That. I, here's the other thing. Okay. You know how you buy like a bag of lemons yeah. and some of them are going bad. Do you ever get bad lemons? Yeah. What you're supposed to do is you juice them into a Mason jar and then like the lemon juice itself lasts forever. Yeah. Cause it's but, so acidic. Yeah. But the like, you the, know, the
1: pulp you, and everything else. Yeah. The, you get rid bio. of if it's
0: starting to get icky or hard. Huh.
1: Um. It seems like everybody loves their spatula. This is what's yeah. funny to me. I think that that's, and I'm going to give you guys a little tip that this post that I put up here was, I responded to this post from a cook in like Ohio and she had it on her Twitter and I was like, oh my God, I and she put her bamboo spatula. She's like, I, this is just my favorite thing. And I was like, I have that exact spatula and I love it. And it's like a bamboo spatula. Well, it's, it's a wooden spatula. Okay. You know, and it's just like one of those, and most of them were made from bamboo, you know, way back. Huh. And it's, uh, it is just this wonderful thing that is indestructible. I mean, it has been in my kitchen since I think I was pre college, even. And my mom for sure has a bunch, you know, like we all just kind of pass them around and stuff. And it is literally the thing I use for everything. I use it in my. I use it in my, you know, doing my hot dish things. I use it in the cold things. I use it to scrape. I use it everything. Yeah. It's just the thing I love. And so that's, she put that up there and I put up my pancake spoon, which is very important to me because it is the perfect amount of pancake for a pan.
0: (laughs) I had the awesome pancake bowl. Did you that had the spout and then it broke? Oh, see? I still haven't recovered. Yeah. And I haven't bought a new one because we don't make pancakes anymore.
1: I know. Uh, that's the thing is I only make pancakes for other people, you yeah. know, for the kids when it's sleepover time. Why aren't so we eating
0: more pancakes like that's something we should be eating in a cold day.
1: Yeah. It, to me, I don't go for the big bready breakfast, though. That's never been my bag. So. dinner
0: pancakes for dinner.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, what's weird. This is a weird thing. All my life. We have had, you know, breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Jake and I never do that. And I think it's because we don't eat traditional breakfast for breakfast. So like,
0: cause you eat food for
1: breakfast. We eat sausages and yeah. like, sometimes it's a bao bun, if anything, or, you know, sometimes it's like lasagna for yeah. breakfast. So we don't eat. So it's weird to then have it for dinner too. I, it's, I don't know. We're so strange now at this point in our
0: lives. Anyway, there it is. Imagine what's going to happen when he leaves. I know <laughs> you're just going to be eating. Please. Chobani. Out you want of me a- to <laughs> just start sobbing right now? Good Lord. <laughs> Um,
1: I just have to say, you know, as you Maria Kondo your life, you know, as that's now a verb and you're going through your kitchen stuff, just remember, uh, you know, look at the things and just remember, I would say that as if you're looking at a thing and saying, does this spark joy? Also remember, in a different season of cooking, it might spark a different joy. So just careful with like getting rid of all your kitchen stuff, is all I'm saying.
0: But feel free to get rid of the chopsticks, the sauce packets, yes. the plastic forks and spoons that oh I rewash.
1: Yes. There's no reason to they're the not unless plastic their, bags. Their actual reason for being is that you don't wash them.
0: Right. The paper bags, the plastic bags. Get rid of your
1: guys' paper bags. And I heard that food shelves like Second Harvest and those guys need your grocery bags, your paper grocery bags. Oh, that's good so to, to know because I just
0: recycle them. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too. And I just found that out. Someone sent us a note and I thought, oh my God, I have so many. I have just buckets of them. So. Love it. Send them there. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap it all up for you. Hey, everybody. It's the Weekly Dish. This has been Stephanie March and Stephanie Hansen telling you all the things. It's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. What a weird day. And And, you know, maybe. Maybe at the end of January, as we get into our little grooves of kind of shutting ourselves in, I will say they have canceled. I think the art sled rally, Aww. the kite festival, I think is still going on. But I saw a note that said they were canceling the art sled rally, which was in Powderhorn Park, which is one of my favorite things ever. Um, you know, it's just cold. We had it's just kind of there's a lot of it's a lot it's a little dangerous. You know, there's also a lot of things happening. I don't know if the uh, pond hockey champions are. It are. is still happening. It is good. That's yep. good. That's excellent.
0: You know what else is happening? What the Charlie Awards? Oh, January twenty seventh, uh, three thirty at Pantages. The Charlie Awards recognize the very best in food and drink in the Twin Cities. They have awards. After the event, you can go to the five o'clock after party at Seven Steakhouse. There's a thirty dollar ticket that is a passport to both the show and the after party. Uh, you can get tickets at com. This is one of the neat events that happens um, where food service news gets together and really tries to recognize people in the food service industry. Suze Ellickson started the Charlie Awards with our friend Scott Mayer and really have done a great job of recognizing people in our community that are doing great work in the hospitality industry. So check that out.
1: I will be having Sunday birthday dinner for this Sunday. Um, my kids are coming over and we're cooking for my birthday. And I'm so excited. And of course, people are like, why are you making them cook? And in fact, Megan was like, I kind of feel bad that you're cooking. And I'm like, but cooking is my love language. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it is fun, fun my, for your birthday. It is my absolute favorite thing to do on a t- Sunday. And I want to eat what I want to eat. So,
0: absolutely. Don't you think that's okay? Totally. Okay. And it's your birthday. So, right. new slash, you get to do what you want.
1: I feel that. That's what I feel. I'm okay with it. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening this weekend with the Winter Carnival, by the way. Yes. I mean, I kind of feel like. I don't know. I'll be honest. This morning, it was cold, but I was bundled up. I was fully, you know, dressed in the
0: right ways, and I was. it's not that bad. I'd like to describe to you what she was wearing. She had, like, literally a full-length down coat on because she's little, so her coat goes to her feet. It does go to my feet. She had, like, one of those, like, Russian babushka hats on that is... It's just a hunter's hat. Yeah, covering everything. Yeah. She also had like a scarf on and really nice, warm Sorrel boots. Because so you guys, it's not, that's why she's warm. It's not cold out. You're just underdressed.
1: That's <laughs> it really is true. Mm-hmm.
0: Kurt bought me one of those hats this year. I do like it.
1: It is the best. Yeah, when it, it was 30 the, below and you know I had to walk is? the
0: dog to do her business the yes, other day. Yes, you
1: do, right? You were saying that. You know what this is? This is a hug for your head. That's what it is. <laughs> A hug for your
0: head, you are in the weirdest, <laughs> funniest mood. I know, I am. I know, I woke up today. Okay, so we're gonna talk about we've China- been talking non stop, which is usually my I thing know, that I thing. do. We've right. reversed roles this we kind of have,
1: right? Um, but I literally i woke up today and I realized it's this is the Chinese New Year is coming, and maybe because I ate so much really good Chinese food last night, but the Chinese New Year is coming, it's year of the pig, that's my birth year. <laughs> I'm a year of the pig child, so like maybe this I'm is my monkey, maybe this is my year. It, yes, you know what I'm saying, like I maybe like this that is idea. the year that like maybe this is like I'm finally coming around full circle, and I'm, you are I'm out of like the funk of being married to a nasty human Your and past life, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, oh, okay. I would like to say, I think that I would like to toast to that. okay, let's do it. We did have a caller, by the way. I who, am because <laughs> I just went to the Seder
1: last week. I was like, I'm not going to appropriate that <laughs> to my- <laughs> you can it just means like good wishes.. Here's yes. No, I know, I was only kidding. Um, we did have a caller who wanted to know best ways to cook a turkey wing and how to have it. So I think if you buy a turkey wing, In I would talk. I would just <laughs> roast. I would just roast it like you do a turkey breast breast. yeah. A turkey wings has got to be pretty big, right? Yeah.
0: And, okay. I, I'm i going to just be all like, don't eat that turkey wing. Put it in broth. Like, make soup with it. Do something where you're going to break it down. Like, But a turkey wing would be
1: bigger and have more meat than a chicken wing. So you got to feel like there'd be, it's like you, I mean, there's enough meat to eat there, maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm just theorizing. Yeah. I love turkey. I love to cook turkey and I love wings. But uh, me cooking turkey wings, like, I don't know. It's not gonna happen. Okay. I feel like that's weird. They're selling
1: turkey parts, a lot of them. They're breaking turkeys down and selling them, you know, in For pieces because and soups But and I mean, you could also I mean, I've cooked a of turkey breast yes. and just done that by itself. And that's kind of lovely because you kind of sometimes want good turkey more than just on one day a year.
0: Yeah, and you can put it over dressing. Over dressing. You can oh, just put the yes. breast over some dressing oh, yeah. and get that same delicious yumminess
1: Um, I want to remind you guys tonight is uh, technically tonight is like Robbie Burns night and for me and my whiskey loving sisters and brothers out there the scotch uh, the Scottish poet Robbie Burns is sort of our patron saint and so if you are thinking about it there's Merlin's Rest is hosting they do have a dinner but I believe it's sold out but I think you can still go and sit at the bar and raise a dram and uh toast the uh the Scottish poet, or maybe just read something online and have a little sip tonight. I've got some Lefroig uh or Laphroaig, uh lore that I'm waiting to kind of crack open, and I'm excited about that. If you are looking for great whiskey source, by the way, you guys, Ace Spirits and Hopkins is like our top, our top spot for great whiskey in town, just to let you know.
0: Really? Yep. They that's like their specialty. Yep. Louis uh Louis
1: Sakis is uh the guy who kind of runs it. He does, he does a very robust national whiskey business in terms of like delivery and, you know, internet stuff. But if you go to his store in Hopkins, it's a cute little place. It's very small, out of the way. It's hard to find, but you can find it. And it's, uh, and I mean, he's, last night they had 15% off all whiskeys and they were tasting a bunch. And he often has uh, tappings. I think they have some signature brands that are coming. You know, they have their own kegs yep. so or casks. So it's great. All right. Um, You might want to head out to the Lake Harriet Kite Festival. Did we talk about that? No, but
0: fun. Have you ever been? Yes. It's so lovely. A long time ago, though. It's magical.
1: It's really just magical to watch these giant kites and everything else. Yeah. This year, of course, they are not going to have the Art Channies, but they do have the Art Channies. They're having a fundraiser for the Art Channies. But next year, I think for the next two years, Art Channies have secured funding to be with the Harriet Kite Festival for the next two years.
0: Oh, that's great. Isn't that nice? So 2021. I went to the Art Channy Festival last year, and boy, was that fun. I know.
1: I know. It was fun, wasn't it? yes yes um the other thing we wanted to recommend we talked about this yesterday too was the it is the second annual fancy hot dish competition oh yes on at the sunday at the lex and it's 50 bucks it's part of the winter carnival you can go hang out and uh, type you know taste
0: all these uh different hot dishes from all these chefs it's 50 dollar ticket but you get all the hot dishes you get two drinks they've got the ice bar going at the lex for the winter carnival duration it's a really fun event yeah no, it'll be totally great. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we are. We had a great podcast last week that you can find. Uh, what did we talk about? I can't remember. We talked about alcohol. Oh, that's right. And healthy living. That was before Ian Hathaway. Yes, it was. <laughs> we were right on trend, Stephanie. Yeah, right. If you want to listen to our podcast, they repeat the hours of the show for Weekly Dish, but then we do a midweek drop uh, called Second Helpings. That is content that's only available By listening to the podcast, you can find it anywhere you find your podcast, but you should subscribe so that you get a notification when we drop new episodes. Yes. We're going to talk about the Chinese New Year on the next podcast.
1: Yes. And about places that you can go and enjoy it and what it means and some really good food and all sorts of good things. I think it's a good talk about a good opportunity to have a party and gather with your friends. Chinese New Year. Yes. Do it up. All right, everybody. Well, stay warm. Yes. Tuck into some mashed potatoes. Cook. Stay warm. Eat your carbs. That's right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Ciao, ciao. Oh, oh,